Welcome to Sandals Church Online. Hey, my name is Morgan and I'm a part of our online team. If you see a chat section right now, go ahead and take a quick moment and say hi and where you're watching from. We are one church that extends to all over the world, helping people become real with themselves, God, and others. I want to let you know that the ideal way to watch this service is together. Maybe that's with your family or your community group, or maybe you've decided to bring Sandals Church right into your home by becoming a Sandals Church Anywhere location. However you are watching today, I'm just so, so glad that you're here. Hey, with so many things going on in our world right now, I'm very aware that this year or this season might not be what you expected it to be, and it may be really tough. Please know that we are here for you and we wanna pray for you. You can reach out for prayer at any time by going to sandalschurch.com next, or you can join us for a live prayer time on our Sandals Church Facebook page next week. Just tune in on Sunday the 20th, right after our 8.15 a.m. service, and join our online community pastor, Jeff Y, as he prays over your specific requests and our church in general. Okay, it's time for us to worship God now and sing to him. I wanna remind you that God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy when we're tired. He's worthy when we're stressed. He deserves the best praise that we can offer. I don't know what your setting looks like in this moment, but I know that the Bible says when we worship God, He receives it as a sweet aroma. So join me in worshiping right now as we give God the very best worship we can offer. Church, our God is alive. He's in our midst and He inhabits the praises of His people. So let's gather together, let's lift our voice, and let's worship Him. Come on. And I raise a hallelujah In the presence of my enemies I raise And I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief And I raise a hallelujah
this Christmas season, what we're celebrating is God coming down to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And in John 1:14, it says that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're going to sing now about how God brought heaven down to us. God, we ask you to forgive us for just putting other things ahead of you. God, we pray, God, that you would be the king over 
the culture, the king over politics, the king over our health, the king over our finances. God, be the king. Be the king of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the king of be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is when we recognize God as our King. He sits on the throne and it is so good to proclaim that together. As we prepare to settle in for the message, we want you to know that we have made our weekend experiences tailored to the whole family. 
If you have teens, they can watch this service with you now. And if you have young kids, we have a fun and engaging service with a great message just for them on kids.sandalschurch.tv. We're in a new series called Light, where we are learning about finding real hope in a dark world. Today we have Pastor Claude Hickman speaking again, so get ready and listen in to this powerful message. We are the river, we are the dreamer. Aiming for the stars against the sky. When we are together, we are bright. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. You know, Christmas has us thinking about gifts. And, and let me tell you something, great giving comes from great knowing. Uh, in other words, your gifts are kind of a reflection of your relationships with people. And with our boys, you know, for the last six years, I've been making the same joke with our two boys. Every time they ask me, Dad, what are we getting for Christmas or birthdays? I say this, boys, we're getting you My Little Pony, Princess Adventure, Underwear. That's what I say every time. Been making the same dad joke for six years. So every time they ask, I start My Little Pony, and they're like, Dad, you know, Princess Adventure. And they're like, Dad, come on, really, what are you getting us? And I'm like, guys, I'm joking. Of course we're joking. That, that's not what we're gonna get you. You know, we know you. We know what you like. You've been sending me your Amazon wish list since like July 4th. Like, we know what to get you. Your mom and dad, in fact, your mom and dad, we know things that you would like better than you know what you would like. We know you, and that's how we can get you great gifts. Uh, my community group this year for my birthday got me black and red, black vans and red Robin hamburgers. And I'm like, these are my people. You know what I'm saying? They know me. Now, the opposite is also true. Like when you get a bad gift uh, at work, somebody draws your name and you're, you're like, you open it up, you're like, Ted, I've been working with you for 22 years. You know, you get some ugly H&M shirt with a communist quote on the front of it. And you're just like, how, do you not know me? You know, you, and then you gotta act like you like it and try to find something good about it. And you know, oh, the, the stitching's really nice. Uh, I think it's made in France. See, look, Hanes, I think that's in France, you know? And so you gotta start pretending like you like it and, and you just, you leave feeling very unknown, you know, right? When you get a gift like that, you feel like, man, I need to get some new friends. You with me? And you feel alone. And, and Christmas time for a lot of people is very lonely. Either they're isolated and, and literally alone or they feel unknown. Maybe you've been quarantined with people, you know, this whole time, but you still feel like my parents don't know me. Uh, my family doesn't know me. And here in California, maybe even the rest of the country, we're starting to feel like, men. do our leaders know us? Can they understand real life anymore? You know, we're feeling unseen, unknown, unheard. Uh, when we look and say, man, our elected officials, do, can they relate to real life anymore? Can they sympathize with what we're going through? Every time I hear about, you know, the stock market's doing great, I think that's great. And then I remember that I don't do life in stock market, you know, like how much toilet paper can stock market buy? right? Is that how you go to the grocery store? How many Christmas presents can stock market buy? That's just not how we do real life. And some people, most people actually, begin to think of God, even Christians begin to think of God as so distant and so cosmic and so holy and so other. How could he possibly relate to what I've been going through and what I'm going through right now? And that feeling is a feeling that's, that's lonely. And, and you know, for me, I, I've discovered through some counseling here at Sandals Church that I struggle with the feeling of loneliness. Even though you might think, man, a lot of people know you, but a lot of people think they know you and that's not the same thing. And, and so I have to learn to invite God into my loneliness because he's not the one that went anywhere, I'm the one that moved. So I gotta learn to invite him into that loneliness. And, and inside of me and probably inside of you is this desire uh, to be known and to be authentic. Here at Sandals Church, we call it being real. We want to be real with others, and we want to be real mostly with God. Did you know that Christmas is the proof to you and me that the supernatural God became natural? That, that Christmas is the proof that, that Jesus passed through the heavens. God himself came near so that he could know you. Last week, we looked at John chapter one, and, and it talks about the word was with God, the word was God. In the beginning was the word, the son of God. But verse 14, I want you to see what John says a few verses after that. Now the word became flesh. 
became human, took on humanity. The son of God, the second person of the Trinity became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He became as us so that he could know us fully. Do you know that no other religion in the world has this idea? In Islam, Allah is far too holy and distant and great to have a personal relationship with you. In Buddhism, uh, just like in Star Wars, you don't attach feelings to anything. In Hinduism, your relationship with the deities is just, it's transactional. It's not that they care for you or that you really care for them. And, and even for our atheist friends, listen, the only reason atheism says that you have friends is so that you can survive. It helps you stay alive. You know, the Bible says that the opposite is true. You have friends so that you can lay down your life for them and you can die for them. Listen, the God of Christianity is the God who comes close. Jesus comes not only just to save you, but to know you. And God did not shelter his son from, from the highs or the lows of real life in this world. God, Jesus experienced what we experience. And in 10 chapters later in the book of John, we have a verse that's famous. It's known as the shortest verse in the Bible. My kids know it because when they have to do Bible things, they know the shortest verse in the Bible. It's John eleven thirty five, 35, but it says this, Jesus wept. It's just two words. And it's the smallest verse, but there's great, deep theology there for us that Jesus experienced what human life was like. And Jesus wept is in the middle of a story uh, where Jesus loses a very dear friend of a close family to him. And we're gonna look at that story today. If you look with me in John chapter 11, and the notes will be there for you. And it starts like this. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This is actually all one family, a brother and two sisters. It was their brother who was sick. And it was Mary who anointed Jesus with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. That's which Mary. It was her brother who was ill. So the sisters sent to him. They sent a messenger to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And when we go through this story, I want you to notice a couple of words that stand out, two words, and one of them is love, the affection of Jesus for Lazarus and this family. The, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, but it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God might be glorified through it. And then it says this, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. It's almost like the author stops to remind you before we get into this story and where it's headed, I wanna remind you one thing, that Jesus loved that family. And listen, you and I need to hear that, that if God allows us to experience difficult things, to experience pain, it's not because God doesn't love us. So Jesus has this conversation with the disciples and he says, you know, Lazarus is falling asleep. I got to wake him and they're confused. And they're like, somebody just, if he's falling asleep, somebody just shake him, wake him up. Just like, no, you're idiots. We got he's, and finally he goes, Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Okay, that's what's going on. Lazarus has died. But he says, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Now, this is the other word I want you to watch for in our story because Jesus is gonna talk about belief eight times in this short, short story. He says, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe something. Now, can you imagine the grief of this family? You know, their brother's sick, he's on his deathbed and they know a healer. Like they know the greatest healer that's ever walked. He heals people all the time. He heals strangers. Surely he'll heal, heal our brother. And, and he's, he's close probably within a day's journey away. And can you imagine, he doesn't come. In fact, he waits for two days after he hears this news. And then Jesus starts this journey. And when he comes, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb, in the grave for four days. And one of the sisters comes to him, Martha comes first and has this conversation with Jesus. If you would have been here, why weren't you here? If you would have been here, you could have changed this. And this is what Jesus says to her. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. But then he says, Martha, 
do you believe this? It's one of these moments where he kind of clears everyone else out of the room for a moment and just asks her, what do you really believe? Right, what do you really believe? We, we live in a world where we wonder, what do people really believe? What do our leaders really believe? You know, we're, we get us frustrated at them, but how many of you, man, you've done the same thing? You know, I look around every day, I feel like in our house and my kids are on a screen. You know, that's just how we do pandemic life is I feel like they're always on screens. They're on screens for school, but they're on screens when they're on a break. And how many of you are just frustrated at your kids always on a screen? But how many of you have actually yelled at your kid to get off a screen while you were on a screen, right? Oh my gosh, dude, I've done it so many times. And you're like, well, what do I really believe? You know, you know Steve Jobs, you know one of the things that Steve Jobs did not have in his house with his kids, an iPad or iPhone. And you're like, well, man, Steve, what, what do you really believe? Bill Gates, same thing. His family was a very low-tech family, very low-tech parents. And you gotta wonder, man, what, these guys, what do they really believe? Do you know that by eighth grade, kids with a phone and social media are 30% more likely for depression and suicide? Now, you, you, you won't keep a gun in your house, but you'll hand your kid an iPhone. But Steve Jobs wouldn't. So you, I, I mean, I just been like, Steve, what do you really believe? And this is a moment where Martha really needed to be reminded in the middle of this crisis, what do I really believe about life and where true life is? One of my good friends who's on staff with uh, my ministry, Carrie, she lost her husband several years ago to cancer. But one of the cards she said I got from a friend that, that meant the most to me had a sentence in it that just said this, Carrie, this is where the rubber really meets the road on your faith. In other words, what do you really believe? When my dad passed away, I remember getting a card and I only remember one sentence, but it meant so much to me. It said, Claude, heaven is a real place. In other words, I had to ask the question in the middle of my crisis, what do I really believe about life? Is it here or is it in the next life? Well, Martha responds to Jesus and she says, yes. Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. She needed that moment. You know, I had a conversation with Pastor Matt about feeling alone and this isolation that we've been through. And you know what Pastor Matt said that I thought was really brilliant? He goes, you know, sometimes God needs to get us alone. Some of us, he needs to get us alone so that we can be reminded of where he is and we can hear his voice. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was, the other sister, and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, same thing that Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who'd come with her, there, there's a crowd that's kind of watching this whole event happening and her also weeping, he was deeply moved and his spirit was greatly troubled. How do you know if somebody's deeply moved? You can tell in their body language, their face, their appearance, they're shaking. He's deeply moved. And he says, where have you laid him? And they say to him, Lord, come and see. They bring him to the tomb. They say, come and see. And then it says, Jesus wept. No more sermons. And for, for this moment, it just says, Jesus wept. Listen, Christians, sometimes we could say less and weep more with our friends who are hurting. This is the God that Christianity offers to you. If you're listening today, I, I wanna point out three things that Christmas should remind us about the Son of God and God's love for us. And the first one is this, that God knows my real life. God knows your real life and your experiences. He knows you, he knows the real you. You ever see somebody famous when you're walking around like LA or Southern California and you, you, you only know their character name, so it's kind of weird, you're like, Iron Man, you know, like you wanna yell at him, but you don't know their real name, Han Solo, right? <laughs> like he would get that all the time, Harrison Ford. And when someone said, you're Han Solo, you know what he would say? He'd say, I used to be. Sounds kind of sad, doesn't it? Like, I wonder if that's, that's strange for those people to be almost known, but not really known. I was speaking at a, a fundraiser event a couple of years ago in Pasadena, and it was a small event, 40, 50 people. And this actor, this comedian walks in and he sits on the second row and I know him, uh, I know his face. He's on the show Veep, uh, but I, I know him as Buster from Arrested Development. 
And he walks in and he sits down and, and all I can see is Buster, right? This is a kind of nervous, awkward, hilarious character. And he's looking at me with the same look that Buster has. And I'm in the middle of trying to give this serious you know, message at this fundraiser. We're trying to raise money for world missions. And every time I look to the right, I see Buster and I'm trying not to laugh because I'm thinking of the character. And the, the host says, hey, right afterward, hey, I wanna introduce you to, to that, that person. And so now I'm nervous because I know I have like 30 seconds. I grab Rebecca's phone and I'm Googling as fast as I can to find his real name, Tom, Tony Hale, great Christian guy. And he comes over to me and I stick at my hand, but before I can say anything, you know what he says? Hey, Claude, great message. And you know what I realize? You know, it feels better than a selfie or, or feels better than saying, man, I know that person, I met that person. You know what feels awesome? is when they know you. You know, he, he knew my name. Let me ask you this, who knows you? Like who really, know, who weeps with you? And, and when you think of God, do you think God can, can relate and identify with the pain that you're experiencing or the difficulties you're going through? Because he can't. Listen, Jesus lost his earthly dad at some point in his life. He lost a family member. Jesus was kind of mocked by his family. Jesus was tempted by Satan himself. He was tempted. Jesus was by, betrayed by one of his closest friends. Jesus was under a government rule that he did not like. Jesus, the spiritual leaders said that he was demon possessed. Listen, Jesus repped he wept real tears. He ate real food. He died a real death. He rose to a real life. Jesus even had prayers to God that were unanswered. He wasn't given what he was pray, praying for. He can experience it. He can relate to what you're experiencing. This is what Hebrews says. Hebrews 5, in the days of his flesh, he was real. Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to God, to him who is able to save from death. You know what that says? He has the power, but that wasn't God's plan. But he was heard because of his reverence. God still heard him. He was listening. And although Jesus was his son, he had to learn. He learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. He had to go through a, a crisis to experience what we experienced. For the last five, six years, my wife has experienced anxiety. Some of you have dealt with panic attacks and anxiety and overwhelming anxiety. And I've been, been there, man, I love her. I, I, I can listen. Uh, I can try to you know, be where she's at. I can care for her. I can describe to you what she describes to me, but it wasn't until this year that I could understand it in a new way. And, and this year I've had two panic attacks where the anxiety is just closed in around me and I felt that overwhelming feeling. And now it's different. Now, now I can understand in a new way. Now, because of that crisis, I can relate. I, I can care for it. In fact, we can help each other. You know, we can minister and speak to each other in a new way because I've experienced that. Jesus can relate and minister and pastor you in a new way because of that. Hebrews 4 says this, since then we have this high priest who's passed through the heavens to be with us. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession for we do not have a, a pastor, a priest who is unable to sympathize. He, he's not out of touch with where you're at. He's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And I love that this verse comes next. Therefore, let us with confidence draw near to his throne, the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. It's an invitation. This, this crisis is an invitation for us not to pull away from God in our human moments, but to draw near because he understands what you've been through. God is like, man, I, I became a real human so that humans could be real with me and that they could be known. Jesus does something else that your counselor can't do though. A counselor can listen, but a counselor ultimately can't carry your burden for you. We have to release that to God. But Jesus can not only listen and be there, he can care and carry. First Peter 5 says this, that we are to cast 
you know, we are to roll and and place all of our anxiety, our burdens on him because he cares for you. You can release your burdens to him. You can roll your burdens onto him. I remember when our kids were smaller and we would go to the zoo and we had the stroller and then they got bigger and we were like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful we grew out of the stroller. We don't have to push the stupid stroller, you know, up hills and all around. And then about, you know, 20 minutes after you don't have the stroller, you know what you realize is that you have to carry all that stuff now. The stroller was like a wheelbarrow. You know, it was awesome. Now, guess who's carrying everything? So dad, me, I, I, I become the guy who plays the game called who's gonna carry it, right? So when we go into the zoo and they wanna bring a backpack, I'm like, well, who's gonna carry it? You know, when they, want, they wanna buy a drink, well, who's gonna carry it, right? Because you know who's gonna end up carrying it. After like 10 minutes, they're gonna get bored. Who, you know, they wanna buy a toy, well, who's gonna carry it? I took my wife on vacation to some fun places, you know, Japan, and she wanted to bring back all these souvenirs and I'm just like, I'm gonna carry it, <laughs> right? I, I know, I, I'm packing it in my bag, Am I? but I love her and so I'm willing. I'm willing to carry it. Just stand at the exit, you know, of Disney World because by the end of the day, our boys, you know, boys collect everything. Everything they see on the ground looks like treasure. Old, old bottle caps, rusty, you know, things. That, and mom's pockets are full of trash because they love those kids. And you stand at the exit of Disney World and watch not only are those parents carrying all this stuff, but they're carrying the kids. they've rolled all those things onto someone who loves them. Listen, Jesus says, all that bird, all that baggage that you've picked up, you can roll it onto me. All that garbage in your life, the burden that you have, the anxiety, the fear, you can roll that fear onto me. You can roll that loneliness onto me. You can roll that pain onto me because he cares for us. You know, actually as a dad, when when we're in, the zoo and they wanna buy something, I'm doing math in my head because I'm calculating, can I carry this? Before I give it to them, before I allow them to have it, are you with me? Before I allow them to have something, I've already done the math and said, I'm willing and able to carry it. Listen, God is not gonna give you anything that he's not already decided ahead of time he's able to carry for you and he'll carry it for you. Now this whole time, there's other people watching this story go on. So the Jews, this crowd that's following along, they say, see how he loved Lazarus as he weeps. See how he loved him. But some of them said this, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this person from dying? You know, he has power to heal. Couldn't he have just kept him from dying as if that's an easy thing? You know, but it's interesting they ask this question. They, they, they don't question Jesus's power. They question his plan. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much like me. God, I don't question your power. I just question your timing. I question your plan. I question your choice of giving it to me. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, he comes all the way to the tomb. This is where he draws close. God comes close to them and he sits with them. You know, I don't watch a ton of movies, but if there's a movie I think everybody should watch, it's inside out. It's, it's a you know, Disney movie about a child's emotions. It's like you know, counseling for dummies. And it's one of those movies that if you're a parent, you, you know, you're, you're weeping. There's always a scene in it that every parent is like just losing it, right? Because Disney's evil and they love to pull all our heartstrings. And, and for me, that scene uh, is Bing Bong, her imaginary friend who has you know, lost the rocket wagon that he wanted to take Riley to the moon in one day off the cliff and he sits down just to weep. And my kids are like, dad, why are you, why are you losing it? And I'm just losing it, you know, bing bong, just weeping. And a lot of times we as Christians, we, we act like the character in the movie Joy who comes alongside bing bong. And, but Joy's just like, Hey, man, we got to cheer up. Like, this isn't helping. Let's go. Let's go, go, go. Like, we got to get back on the horse. Come on. You know, she's like, who's ticklish? Right? And it's not working. But there's another character in the story called Sadness. And, and, and just like Jesus comes near to them in this moment, Sadness comes. And instead of trying to cheer Bing Bong up, she sits down next to him and she says, I'm sorry. She said, I, I bet you had a lot of great memories in that wagon. He's like, yes. She says, I, 
I bet Riley would have loved going to the moon, but now it's gone. And she says, and it's sad. And then she does something I noticed in the movie. She puts her little hand on Bing Bong and he just weeps. Listen to me, one of the most difficult things about this season is that we can't be near to some of our people when they're in their worst moments. We can't be near to some of our friends who are sick in the hospital, even on their deathbed. Some of you who have people close to you who've been to, you know, they've been to see Jesus and meet with Jesus during this time. And you couldn't be there with them to hold their hand and be by their side. But if they know Jesus, listen to me, his hand was there with them. He comes alongside with us. He puts his hand on us and he sits with us. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is the second thing that we learn about Christmas, that Christmas reminds us that I am never alone in this life. God has come to be with us so that we never have to experience that loneliness. Jesus is having his own moment. I don't know if you noticed, but this crisis isn't just about everybody else. Jesus is wept and he's having his own crisis moment. And in that moment, he needs to know that God is listening and he looks up to God. And so this is what happens when he comes to the tomb. Jesus lifts up his eyes and he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then it's almost like he's reminding himself of this truth. He goes, I knew, I knew that you always hear me. You always hear me. God is available when we need him. He's, he's listening. He doesn't leave us alone. You know, I think music, sometimes in our culture, music is a great uh, 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 microphone for, for what's going on inside of us. And I love music. I think there's some cultural moments in our world we need to pay attention to that sometimes come to us through artists and through our poetry and through our music. A couple of weeks ago, I was, um, I was watching Saturday Night Live on my phone because that's where I get my news, okay? And Justin Bieber was the musical guest and he's been on this spiritual journey and I, I was interested to see what is he singing about? And he was singing a new song uh, that had just come out called Lonely. And it, and it doesn't start with him on a, on a stage uh, it starts with him in the dressing room with just a piano playing. This isn't, you know, Despacito or Baby, Baby, Baby. This, this, is, this is somber. And he's staring in the mirror of the dressing room. And these are the lyrics that he sings on Saturday Night Live. He says, everybody knows my name, but something about it still feels strange. Like looking in a mirror, trying to steady yourself and seeing somebody else. And he says, everything is not the same now. And it feels like all our lives have changed Maybe when I'm older, it'll all calm down, but it's killing me now. Now, I want you to listen to the next part of the chorus because there's this cry for real relationship in it. He says, what if you had it all, but nobody to call? Then maybe you'd know me. Because I've had everything, but no one is listening. And that's so, so lonely. Now, that's what he's saying on Saturday Night Live. And I was so moved that I started texting the link out to a bunch of my pastor friends. I texted to Dan Crowley. I texted to all my Christian friends. And then I, real, I go to Google the lyrics later and don't do that because I realized the lyrics of the real song are a little more explicit. So here I am embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, Pastor Claude's like texting out explicit songs to all my friends. Uh, but man, it moved me. Like, and, and there was raw emotion in it and it moved me because I realized that, man, you know what? No matter what you have, no matter how much money, fame, all those things, deep inside of us is this desire to be known and to be heard. Did you know that you can be heard by God? God is available to you, even when you don't know what to pray. Romans 8 says this about praying. Likewise, the Spirit, God's Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray. I, I, there's so many times this year I've said, I don't know what to pray, God. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts and, the mind, and what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for us, the saints, according to the will of God, even when I don't know what to pray. I don't have to pray the right words. I can still be heard by God. He is available to hear me. Jesus says, Lord, I know, God, that you always hear me. But he says this next. But I said this out loud. I, I, I prayed this on account of the people who are standing around, the crowd who are watching. He's saying, this is why I'm doing all of this. 
because of the people standing around that they might believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who died came out. Now, most of us in the story right there, and in your Bible, there might even be a chapter break, but I don't think that's the end of the story because look at the next verse. Verse 45 says this, and many of the Jews, many of the crowd that was following and watching this whole crisis event take place, therefore, who they'd come with Mary, when they seen what Jesus did, it says they believed in him. Eight times in this story, Jesus is saying, man, I'm doing something. You might not see it right now, but I'm, I'm doing something. I'm doing something bigger than you can see. Some of us, we have you know, family and friends and we want most of all in this world and most of all at Christmas, we want them to see the Christ. But for some of them, the only way they are gonna see Christ is when they see us in the middle of crisis and God knows how to give us what is good and what will lead to belief, not just in us, but in others. Number three is this. God knows us. He knows how to give us good things and God knows what to give me in this life. He's a good gift giver. He knows you and he knows what to give you. We don't always see the whole story and there's no way we, we, we could. You know, the, the, the lifespan that we have, the, the 60, 70, 100 year life could never possibly see you know, the wisdom in an eternal story. This is a four day story and we can't even see what God is gonna do, but he's gonna do something good. And when he gives you something in life, it's for your good. James says this, do not be deceived because that's the lie that the enemy wants to tell you is that if God is giving you pain, if he's giving you a crisis, he must not love you. And James says, don't be deceived, my brothers, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. He doesn't change his plan, his purpose to love you. Listen, God knows you best and he knows how to give you what you need the most, but not always what you want the most. He knows how to give you good gifts. Mary and Martha both temporarily, they, they forgot what they truly believed about the life that Jesus was offering. It wasn't just here. They, they forgot for a moment, but, but it was crisis that reminded them to return back to Jesus and say, yes, we believe. You know, a couple of years ago, our, uh, I bought a gift for our pastor, Pastor Matt. And we're friends, man, I've gotten to know him. And I bought him a great gift. You ever get somebody a gift, you're like, that's a good gift. And I, you know, I don't see him very much, so I just, I left it on his desk uh, up at the church. Somebody's just like, yeah, leave it there, he'll get it. And you know what, man, like, nothing. Like, I, I don't get a thank you. He, he doesn't text me to say, you know, I love the gift. I, I'm getting a little frustrated. You know, like months go by, he doesn't mention it. And when you're a gift giver, you know, like when you love give, giving and receiving, you're kind of like, bro, that was a good gift. Like, he, I was a little frustrated at my friend because there's my, I actually went back in his office a month later, still there on the desk, just like collecting dust in the bag. I'm like, you dirtbag, you know, like I got you this awesome gift, but I knew it was just a matter of time before he'd open it, see it because I know him so well, I know what he's gonna need. And I bought him a belt, all right? Now, if you don't know Pastor Matt, that's okay. Let me just tell you, the boy never remembers a belt. I don't know what it is about coming to the church, but he, he can remember books he's read from like a thousand years ago. He can't remember a belt on Sunday morning. I've given him my belt more than once. That's how I know he's gonna like this belt because I've had to get the same belt back from him like twice. I've actually walked backstage to pray for him one time and there was, you know, Dex Alexander and his assistant and somebody else trying to tie a shoestring around his waist because he forgot his belt again, okay? So I knew it was just a matter of time. So finally, Finally, one day, sure enough, I get a text message from Pastor Matt. He's like, bro, you're never gonna guess what happened. And I'm like, I can guess. And he's like, I forgot my belt. <laughs> and he said, we were freaking out, man, and I didn't know what to do. And then I remembered your gift. It, it's, it's in my office right now. And so some staff person has to like run to his office and bring it back to him. And you know what? I'm gonna be honest. It felt really good. That text message felt really good. 
because I knew it was just a matter of time. He was going to remember, and it was crisis. I know him so well. I know what he's going to need in the future, but it was crisis that reminded him. And listen to me. God purchased a gift for you 2,000 years ago, and he knows what you need. And listen, his gift is everything you need. His gift to you is everything you need in this world. And he loves you. And listen to me, you might be going through a crisis, but I pray that that moment is a reminder. It's a reminder to, to return and search for where did I leave that gift? Where did I leave that belief? In other words, do I believe? Because I think if you're lonely, Jesus is saying, remember, I'm the God who came close. I sit with you. I am with you. You never have to be alone. If you're in the middle of crisis, Jesus says, I came close so that you could roll that burden onto me. Listen, the gift didn't move. We did. And God is saying to you, I am still available when you call out to me. The word became flesh to be with us and to know us. And that's great news. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. God, I pray for um, our church family right now. And I know that there's some who are watching this or, or listening to this and, and they're in a time of loneliness. God, they're in a time where they felt very unseen. But God, you did not abandon us in our moment of need. You, God, and you're not out of touch. In fact, God, you did what no other God could do. You sent a light into the darkness. And God, that light pierced through the heavens. God, that light pierced through the darkness. The darkness couldn't slow it down. The darkness couldn't overcome it. God, and that light came close. That light brought the love of God from the cosmos, from the heavens, and it brought it close enough to sit with us and to weep with us in our moment of need. So God, I pray right now, whatever heaviness that someone is carrying, that right now, God, they would roll that burden onto you. God, that they would roll that baggage onto you, just like we roll our sin onto you. Because Lord, we, we need reminded, we forget what we really believe. And sometimes it takes crisis to remind us, God, would you come alongside us this Christmas, God, would you remind us of the great joy of this story that the word of God became flesh to dwell alongside us so that we could be real with you. The light has come into the world. The, the light has come into the world to, to send darkness and loneliness to hell and send sinners to heaven. And that's great news to tell the whole world that others might believe. And that's our prayer and we pray it for your glory and in your son's name, amen. I'm so thankful for Pastor Claude reminding us of these truths. God sees you and even better, he wants to see you. It is so beautiful to remember that God not only sees us in our hard times, but he can use those hard times in our lives to point others to Jesus. This year has been full of hard times for all of us. And more than ever, the people in our lives need to see the light that has come into the world. Our Christmas Eve services are coming up in just two weeks and they're a perfect opportunity to share and experience this hope that we have in Jesus. So whatever your plans may look like this Christmas, I hope that you'll join us for Christmas Eve services and invite the people in your life to do the same. You can find out everything you need to know and even get graphics to share by visiting sandalschurch.com Christmas. I wanna share a quick story of someone from our Sandals Church family who has been hard at work sharing Jesus with the people in her life. So watch this. Good morning, my name is Carol O'Cray. Um, my sister lives in Las Vegas, doesn't have um, any of the IT, tech, computer, that type of thing. So I've been sharing Pastor Matt's sermons uh, on my cell phone. So when we when we watch it online, I, ha I call her and she can listen to the services, and I've been trying to get her caught up on some other series that he has shared. The sermon notes have been, I've been sending them to my best friend's son who's in prison, and weekly I was uh, sharing the notes with him. Anyway, we've got to think outside of the box 
get the word out. It's so important. Everybody needs to hear it and live it. Thank you, Sandals, for all what you do. You are loved and appreciated. Bye. Isn't that incredible? I am so thankful for how God worked in her story and for all of you who are sharing Sandals Church with others. Please know that when you give, you are part of stories like this as you help people share this message of hope. The light of Christ continues to be shared all over the world because of your giving. Thank you again and again for your generosity to our church and to God's kingdom. If you want to give today, you can do that right now by using the Sandals Church app or by going to give.sc. We get one more chance to worship together in this service right now. As we enter into that time, I pray that God speaks to you. Whatever trials or obstacles are in your way right now, invite God in. Invite His presence to be with you. Let's join together and worship right now. It's time for the sleeper to wake. It's time for the old winds to change. I hear the Spirit say it's time. It's time for
this place right now. He's in this place. Let's just take a moment, church, and sit in his presence. Don't let this moment pass you by. Let's invite God in this place. Invite him in this place. Right where you are, right where you are. Just sit in his presence. Yeah, yeah. He's the king of our heart. Be the king of our heart. You're welcome in this place. enjoyed the service today. Please know that we are here for you. If you have any questions or want to take a next step in your faith journey, just go to sandalschurch.com next right now. We can't wait to see you again next weekend. And in the meantime, let's continue to share hope with people in this season as a church. We love you guys. <laughs>